Hello and welcome to You Bet Your Life from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, the secret word tonight is floor. F-L-O-O-R. Really? You bet your life. Groucho Marx in You Bet Your Life, the comedy quiz series produced and transcribed from Hollywood and brought to you by the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers, the dealers who have on display the outstanding DeSoto Automatic with fully automatic power flight transmission and the all-new Plymouth, your best buy in the low-priced field. And now, here he is, the one, the only... That's me, Horace Greeley. Well, here I am again with $2,000 for one of our couples. A lot of money, isn't it? It certainly is. Would you like to win it? Love to have it. Well, maybe you'll know the answer. Would you split it with me? I think it could be arranged. Yeah. It could be arranged with me, I know. I don't know. <laughs> Who's first, George? Well, Groucho, we, uh, we invited some girls who work for a large manufacturing concern to the program tonight. And just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected uh, Miss Patricia Darian and her partner is Mr. Peter Ellesmere Jones. So, folks, would you come in, please, and meet... Groucho Marx. Welcome, folks, to You Bet Your Life. Say the secret word and you'll divide $100. It's a common word, something you find around the house. Now, let's see. Uh, Patricia Darian, huh? Eh? Yes. And uh, Mr. Peter Ellesmere Jones. Eh? That's right. In seven years on the air, I think this is the first Jones we've ever had. Well, it's not really Jones, you know. It's not really Jones? No, it's Ellesmere Jones with a hyphen sort of mixed up in between them. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, that name has a lot of dash to it if you have a hyphen. <laughs> Well, where are you from, uh, Pete? Well, I'm from Wales. You're from Wales, huh? Uh, you you're know, you're not Jones, you're Jonah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, touche. <laughs> well, let's get down to details. What sort of work do you do, Pete? Well, I had my train as a civil instructional engineer, and at the moment I'm working for Kobig and Kobig on Wilshire, you... checking some structural steelwork for the marine barracks at uh, Camp Pendleton. Oh. And where do you work, Pat? I work for the Carnation Milk Company on Wilshire Boulevard. Well, science is certainly wonderful. They're now getting milk from carnations. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you could get it from milkweed, but I didn't know you could get it from carnations. Well, do you operate a milking machine for this outfit, or do you milk by hand? No, I'm a secretary. You're a secretary? Yes, uh-huh. Well, in that case, it's a good thing you don't milk the cows. Huh? They'd probably object to your shorthand. <laughs> well, I, I've heard of your company. It's a very famous company, but I, I know they produce an awful lot of milk. How many cows do they own, Pat? Uh, Groucho, we don't actually own any cows. Well, what do you, what do you get your milk from? Coconuts? <laughs> uh, the milk is sold to us by small local producers. Small cows? No, small producers. <laughs> oh. Where are you from, Pat? I was born in Peoria, Illinois. Peoria, huh? Yes. Oh, big... <laughs> you know, there's an old line. Uh, it was a show called Lightning many years ago. It was a very famous play on, on Broadway. And I remember in this uh, scene, the judge asked this girl, she said... Uh, why did you get married? Uh, and she said, well, I was in Peoria and it was raining. 
That's a very famous line out of the play Lightning. Frank Bacon was in it. Are, are you married? No, I'm single, Groucho. You're single, mm-hmm. Groucho, huh? That's a funny <laughs> line. Single, Groucho. Would you, would you like to get married? Well, eventually, probably, yes. Eventually? Why not now? <laughs> you know that a flower company used that slogan and sold 45 million bags of flour? You should be able to bag one poor sucker. <laughs> uh, you married, Pete? No, I'm afraid not. Well, I'm not afraid, but I'm not. <laughs> you're, you're getting alarmed rather early, aren't you? Uh, well, <laughs> not really. No. Well, Pat, I'd like you to meet Mr. Ellesmere-Jones. Huh? <laughs> Pete, do you consider yourself an eligible bachelor? Well, I consider myself a bachelor, but not particularly eligible. You're alive and breathing, aren't you? <laughs> well, you're a very nice couple, and my advice is for both of you to win lots of money tonight and open a joint checking account. <laughs> and you'll have something to argue about, and you'll have a very happy marriage. All right, now you're going to play your bet your life. We start you off with a $100 bankroll, and when you miss a question, you lose half of whatever you've got. Is that clear? Yes. If you think you've won enough, uh, you can stop any time. Now, let's see how much money you can make. You selected music. And remember, the more the question is worth, the harder it is. Now, uh, what question do you want? Oh, it's 75, did you say? 70. All right. Jack Macon and the orchestra will play a song. Let's see if you can identify it. Preferior is right, yes. Living well. <laughs> you now have $170. $170. Now, which question do you want to take? 80. 80? 80. 80. Okay. Andrew Segovia is one of the world's greatest performers on which instrument? Wonderful. Guitar. Guitar is right. You now have $250. Now, you can go ahead or you can quit. Ninety. Duke Ellington wrote the number Jack Meekin and the orchestra are going to play. You tell me the name of this modern classic. Play, Jack. Mood Indigo is right. Yes, he's now applying the three hundred and forty dollars. What a nest egg for your marriage, yes. eh? It's your last go. <laughs> it's your last chance to be the other couples. Which one are you going to go for? Oh, mine is well. Well, let's go hundred. All right, we all know the song, Hail, Hail, the Gang's All Here. From what operetta was the tune taken? Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> Talk it over. You don't even know an operetta. Florida, Florida, Florida? No, you ought to know this. You're English. It's The Pirates of Penzance by Gilbert and Sullivan. Yeah. Well, you lost half your bankroll, so you still have $170. Well, oh. thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth Thank you, Jack. Sorry you didn't win. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for a car with real power, real get-up-and-go, try a DeSoto Automatic with the mighty DeSoto 170-horsepower Fire Dome V8 engine. This DeSoto Fire Dome engine is designed to give you power with maximum efficiency and economy. And the secret is in the design of the hemispherical combustion chambers. These dome-shaped chambers are the reason why the Fire Dome engine can squeeze every bit of power from your fuel. They enable you to drive your DeSoto automatic on regular gasoline and still get premium performance. Think of that. 
a 170-horsepower engine operating perfectly that lets you use regular gasoline. I'm sure that once you get behind the wheel of a DeSoto automatic and feel the smooth, powerful response of the mighty DeSoto 170-horsepower V8 engine, you'll say there's no other automobile engine can match it. Visit your DeSoto Plymouth dealer tomorrow. You'll see that the great DeSoto 170-horsepower fire dome engine is just one reason why DeSoto puts you ahead automatically. For the finest car yet, you should drive, you should get the DeSoto Automatic. Remember the dealer who sells the stunning DeSoto Automatic also sells the high-style Plymouth. Well, Groucho, we have some people with interesting stories for you now. They were chosen just before we went on the air. And here they come, Mrs. Pauline Mells and Mr. Eric Sanders. Would you come in, please, and meet Groucho Marx? Welcome, folks, to your bet your life. Say the secret word, and you'll divide $100. It's a common word, something you find around the house. <clears throat> Mrs. Pauline Mells and Eric Sanders. Miss Mells, I'll start with you. What is your hometown? Cripston, Minnesota. What's the that? Cripston, Minnesota. Somebody out there from Venezuela. <laughs> You're married, I presume, eh, Paul? Yes, I am, about 12 years. 12 years. Uh, did you meet this chap in Crookston? No, I met my husband in a singing class at night school. Oh. You met your husband at a singing class in night school? Yes, I did. In other words, your romance got started off on a sour note, huh? No, we got along beautifully. Do you I... think a duet sounds better when a couple's in love? I think so. Mm. Isn't there a saying that says if um, music is the food of love, play on? Have you ever heard a couple of romantic cats on a back fence? I don't think so. Where are you from, Mr. Sanders? Sanders. Sanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was you... born in Colgate, Oklahoma. Oh. Well, in that case, you must have a full set of teeth, huh? <laughs> oh, what sort of work do you do, Eric? I sell worms. <laughs> you say you sell worms? I do. Well, who buys these worms? Early birds? No, Farm, farmers and agriculturists and people who wish to better their soil. Well, how do worms help the farmer? Do they give them some new angles? And uh... Well, they certainly do. They homogenize the soil and loosen it up for aeration. And, uh, of course, the castings of an earthworm is the richest soil known to science. That's the homogenized and blending of all the materials in the soil, and it's deposited around the roots. And, uh, of course, that helps in a tremendous number of ways. Well, how does the worm know where to go? They work around the roots of anything that lives, and they will eat nothing which lives but anything which has lived and died. Like vultures, aren't they? Yes. As a matter of fact, they're good eating garbage, too. Dead animals, anything which has lived and died, either animal or vegetable. I wish I'd have met you some months ago. I I wish you had, too. (laughs) I really mean that. You weren't planning on draping me around an orange tree, were you? No, I was planning on making an earthworm farmer out of you. Yeah, well, I expect you to give me some of those worms. I'm going to try it. Give you? Well, I'll buy them. Oh, that's fine. Where do you want to deliver? I know where you live. Deliver them tomorrow. I can't make it tomorrow. I'm delivering $500 worth in Vista. Well, I hadn't planned on any sale of that magnitude. (laughs) Where do you live now? Fullerton. Fullerton, well, couldn't you put the worms out and just tell them to come to my house? Huh? Those people write to me in Fullerton, this Fullerton, California, earthworms. That's the only right, and I get it. Just Mr. Earthworms, Fullerton, California? That's right. Huh? 
Now, how is it you know so much about worms, Eric? Are you well, I just naturally in, attracted to I, each other? Yes, we have something in common. Uh, <laughs> people don't realize how large an industry is becoming because of the fact in California now there's an earthworm association with 200 members. I'm not affiliated with it myself because I've always felt that I could merchandise my own product. Mm -hmm. I've been reasonably successful. Yes, you have. Mm -hmm. Particularly here, huh? <laughs> Pauline, do you have any hobbies like raising ladybugs? Yes, I have several hobbies. Oh, like... here it comes, huh? <laughs> well, cooking... Well, let's take them one at a time. You a good cook? Pretty good. What's your husband's favorite dish? Well, he's fond of my uh, prime ribs. I'm sure he is, but let's take the cooking. Huh? <laughs> What does your husband do for a living? He's a Los Angeles police officer. Oh, a police officer. Mm -hmm. Oh, how do you like being married to a cop, a uh, policeman? <laughs> well, I suppose it's all right in a pinch, but uh, how... <laughs> no groaning, please. Tell us about it. Well, it has its good points and its bad points. Of course, their hours are long, and the you never know long, when they're yeah. going to come home, and uh, everybody's always yelling at them. And, yeah. uh, well, they're yelling they're at everybody <laughs> else, too. <laughs> they're on call 24 hours a day, and uh, the pay isn't very high, and... <laughs> Well, as Gilbert and Sullivan put it, a policeman's lot is not a happy one. You know. That's very true. You happen to know that song, by the way? Well, uh, isn't that from the Pirates of Penzance? Yeah, yes, it is. It's well, one of my favorites. I think I might know it. Should we try it? Huh? Just a chorus or so. I'll start, and if you can remember, you just chime in. huh? All right. Okay? It's been a long time since I've sung this. <laughs> when a felon's not engaged in his employment... His employment... Or maturing his felonious little plan... Little plan... His capacity for innocent enjoyment... Innocent enjoyment... Is just as great as any honest man... Honest man... Our feelings we with difficulty smother... Difficulty smother... When constabulary duties to be done... To be done... Oh, Take one consideration with another. With another. A policeman's lot is not a happy one. Oh, when constabulary duties to be done, to be done. A policeman's lot is not a happy one. Now, this is the part I like. You're part of it. When the enterprising burglar's not a burgling, burgling not a burgling, and the cutthroat is unoccupied and crime, quiet and crime. Oh, he loves to hear the little brook a gurgling, brook a gurgling, and listen to the merry village chime, village chime. When Acosta's finished jumping on his mother, on his mother. Oh, he loves to lie a basking in the sun, in the sun. Oh, take one consideration with another. Mother, mother. Mother. A policeman's lot is not a happy one. When constabulary duties to be done, to be done, a policeman's lot is not a happy one. I may have to go back on the stage after. <laughs> well, it's been fun talking to you two, but the time has come to play You Bet Your Life. Now, uh, we start you off with a $100 bankroll, and when you, you try to build it up. But when you miss a question, you lose half your bankroll. Is that clear? In the race for the $2,000, the first couple won $170, and the secret word is floor. Okay, now let's see how much money you can make. You selected culinary quiz. Start with 70? All right, 70. 70. 
Romano, Munster, and Brie are varieties of what food? Cheese. Cheese is correct. Your bankroll is now $170. $170. Now, which question do you want to try, uh, Eric 80? the Red? 80. 80. What do you call a Hawaiian feast? A luau. Luau is correct. I'm glad you got it. Well, you now have $250. $250. Now, what do you want to try? Shall we try for 90? Mm. 90? Oh, we'll try it. What food do we get from the root of the cassave? C-A-S-S-A-V-E. It's a plant grown in the south that is commonly made into a pudding. Uh, and if you don't know, guess. It's a breadfruit tree. It's a breadfruit tree, and they pound they it up and make a... Yeah, uh, but what is the name of the pudding? Oh. C-A-S-S-A-V-E. Well, mm. take a guess. <coughs> Cassave? No. <laughs> Sorry, it's tapioca. Oh, sure. Oh, my heavens. Well, you've lost half your bankroll, so you still have $125. No, here's your last chance to be the other couple, so you can quit, whatever you want to do. Well, we'll try the hundred. $100. All right. Gumbo is another word for what vegetable? It's, um... Okra. Okra? Okra. It's also my brother. <laughs> And you wind up with a grand total of $225. Thanks, and good luck Thank in you. the soda Plymouth Dealer. Give me a match. All right, George, who's next? Well, Groucho, we have a married couple for you now, Dr. Yeah. and Mrs. Jean Bordeaux. Would you come in, please, and meet Groucho Marx? Welcome, welcome for the DeSoto Plymouth Dealer. Say the sacred word and you'll divide $100. It's a common word, something you find around the house. Dr. and Mrs. Jean Bordeaux, eh? Well, you're a very charming pair. Now, which one of you is Jean? I am. Oh, you are, huh? Mrs. Bordeaux, what shall I call you? You just call me Mary. Mary, huh? Well, that's a nice, sweet, simple, uninhibited name. <laughs> where, where are you from originally, Mary? Well, I'm from Murray, Kentucky, Groucho. Where? Murray, Kentucky. Murray, Kentucky? Yes, it's really a very important town. It was really the ver birthplace of radio. Is that so? The man was Nathan B. Stubblefield. Is that so? Yes. I thought Amos and Andy invented radio. <laughs> <laughs> Stubblefield? Yes, yeah, Stubblefield. That was the name of the man who invented radio? That was the name of the Before man who invented Before Marconi? Yes. He Wait, well, Russians hear about that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You know what, they, they, they're going to claim that they invented Stubblefield. Huh? <laughs> he really did invent it before Marconi, but you know, as it often happens, that the real person doesn't get the credit, you that's know. Tr that's true. Now, Doc, uh, by the way, uh, what kind of a doctor are you, Doctor? Are you an MD, a DDS, or a BBD? PhD. A PhD, huh? You've got to be pretty smart for that. Mary, does the doc give you a feeling of inferiority, or are you, like most wives, superior to your husband? No, I have no feeling of inferiority. After all, I have two degrees myself. A, B, M, A. That makes Mary two degrees smarter than you, right? I have an A, B, and an M, A, plus the Ph.D. <laughs> there are more degrees around here tonight than you'll find on a thermometer. <laughs> As a Ph.D., Doc, have you ever done any teaching? Yes, I taught at Whitworth College down in Mississippi at USC... And the Dale Carnegie Institute of Public Speaking and Effective Human Relations. Why do they call it the Institute of Public Speaking and Human Relations? Because they teach public speaking and human relations. <laughs> Thanks. I thought they taught how to win friends. <laughs> Why do you emphasize public speaking? Few things are more important to anyone than to be able to speak effectively in public. 
That's true. And one of the things that are more important is being able to keep your trap shut in public. <laughs> well, I didn't mean you. I just... <laughs> Me, I meant. <laughs> well, since you're an expert on public speaking, could you give us some tips on the subject, uh, Doc? Could you boil it down to a few words? Boil down... I think you could sum it up by saying, just be yourself. Have a good opening. For example, you should startle yeah, an audience. Good opening. You mean the back door, right near where you <laughs> You should startle an audience. You say you should startle your audience? Yeah. What do you mean? When you open your mouth, you should let a flock of pigeons fly out? <laughs> How do you startle them? For example, you might say to this audience, why did you come here tonight? A lot of them have said that to each other. <laughs> Or you could startle an audience by standing in front of them with your hand closed and say, I'm going to open my hand and show you something the world has never seen before. And after I open my hand, they will never see this again. Open your hand, take out a peanut, crack it, and eat it. <laughs> Isn't enough that the audience eats popcorn, I want the actors to eat peanuts. <laughs> What sort of work are you doing now? I'm a psychotherapist. <laughs> that means nothing to me. What are you doing? I help people who have become emotionally upset to get back on an even keel emotionally. Oh, you're a shrunken head man. <laughs> you're a couch boy, is that it? What, what is it like being married to a psychotherapist? Does he uh, ever try to analyze you, Mary? Oh, yes, there are a few little problems connected with it. For instance, I sort of have a creative imagination, I think, and dream. I have just lovely little dreams, but I just can't dare mention them because, you know, to a psychotherapist, all dreams have some very, significance. Oh, huh? yes, they're very dark. So if I tell my dream, why, he's liable to end up and saying, well, now, who do you hate? And who do you want to murder now? <laughs> And me, well, I love everybody. I long ago took Booker T. Washington's motto as mine. I resolved to let no man belittle my soul by making me hate him. That's wonderful. <laughs> Old Booker T. had plenty on the ball, didn't he? He did. Mm-hmm. Well, I've learned a lot talking to you two, but I imagine even a successful psychotherapist would like to win some money, wouldn't you? Huh? So let's play your bet your life. Huh? You understand the game, huh? You try to run your original bankroll of $100 into more than our other couples. And remember, if you miss a question, you lose half your bankroll. In the race for the $2,000, the earthworm grower and the housewife are leading with $225. Now, let's see how much money you can make. You select a dictionary quiz, and remember, the more the question is worth, the harder it is. How about $70? You could discuss it with Mary there. Don't talk to me. That's all right. All right. What do you call the jars used for keeping tobacco fresh? Humidor. Humidor is right. Your bankroll is now $170. Now, what do you want to try? How about 80? It's all right. Ask Mary. All right. How many years in a millennium? Thousand. Thousand years is correct. You now have $250. You can quit or you can go ahead. It's up to you. Let's go ahead. All right. Fine. How about it? Oh, yeah, cool. What do you want? Do you want? 80, About 90, 90? 10, anyone 90. you want. 90. Most of the gold at Fort Knox is in the form of bars. What is the proper word for a bar of gold? A bar. Talk it over. Come on, a bar of gold. Um, uh, pig. Pig. No, you 
you're flighting with it. It's ingot. Ingot. Oh. Well, you uh, lost half of your bankroll, so you now have one hundred twenty-five dollars. Now, here's your last chance to beat the other couple. Make it the hundred. Hundred? How about it? Yeah. All right. If a misanthrope hates mankind, what is a misogynist? Oh, he hates women. He sure does. Give him the money. <laughs> Thanks, and good luck to the Minnesota Plymouth dealer. You wind up with $225. And that means, Groucho, that there's a tie for the big question chance. Mr. Uh, Mr. Sanders and Mrs. Mells with $225, and the doctor and his wife with $225. And just one moment, they'll get the chance at the $2,000 DeSoto Plymouth question. All right, Groucho, here are our winning couples. Mr. Sanders and Mrs. Mells and Dr. Bordeaux and his wife. All set for a chance at the $2,000 DeSoto Plymouth question. Now, each of the couples will write an answer on the card, and of course, if they all get it right, we'll divide the money between them. Think carefully, and please, no help in the audience. Here it is. For $2,000, what is the name given to the promontories on either side of the Straits of Gibraltar? One is in Spain, and the other in Africa. It's a name that's been used for centuries. <laughs> see your card. Sanders and Mrs. Mells, Malta. No, that's wrong. Dr. Bordeaux and his wife, Pillars of Hercules. Right. So you two win $2,000. Plus, how much in the quiz, George? Well, you won $225 in the quiz. That's $2,225. What are you going to do with all that money? You won't believe us, but we're going to buy a DeSoto. Are you? Why shouldn't I believe you? It's the best car in the market. <laughs> well, congratulations from the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast. You bet your life. Thank you. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday night at the same time for the Groucho Marx Show, when the big question will be worth $1,000. And don't miss Groucho's television show, also brought to you by the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America. And remember that the dealers who sell the outstanding DeSoto Automatic with fully automatic power flight transmission also have on display the remarkable new Plymouth, engineered and built to be your best buy in the low-priced field. DeSoto, Plymouth, two great new cars. Both products of the Chrysler Corporation. And when you drive in, tell them Groucho sent you. Good night, folks, and remember, just be sure to see the DeSoto Automatic. Folks, here's a reminder from the National Safety Council. Look out for the driver who doesn't look out for you. You bet your life. Transcribed from Hollywood is produced by John Goodell. Directed by Robert Dwan and Bernie Smith. Music by Jack Meekin. This is George Fenneman signing off with the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast. You Bet Your Life is heard by our armed forces throughout the world.